It's time to get scrumptious with two sexy English muffins. It sounds delicious and it's adorable. It's Matt and Alex all day breakfast. Hey, hope you're having a good one. Matt and Alex with ya. It's your boys. It's a Friday. I mean, life couldn't get any better, could it? I could be allowed to go to the shops. Oh, stop with your engine Daiso. It's just uh, you, tell you, you, what, you, isn't it, mate? I can I feel the, the fingers shops, just suffocating me closer and closer as the ring of restaurants around where I live get deep cleaned and people <laughs> get tested. They're just getting closer and closer. Oh, well, what yeah. can you do? Yeah, my sister went for a test. Sending uh, shout outs to her. Her neighbours, I think, were a close contact of someone. But it's just these stories you are get hearing. But with a big, big seven, seven twenty something cases yesterday in Vic, new record. Oh, I know. And do you know what? I've I I chatted with someone about this yesterday. They're go- I think they're going deeper. What with the swab up the nostril? When I first did the <laughs> test, they barely went knuckle deep in the schnoz. Now they're going like. They're touching bits that you don't know exist. So We are going deep today with a, a very, very incredible guest, former Prime Minister of Australia, Julia Gillard, will be joining us on All Day Breakfast today. Uh, very excited to see yeah, what she has to say. She's got a new book out. It's called Women and Leadership, uh, written alongside Ngozi Okonjo-Iweala. And, yeah, they interview a bunch of, you know, world-leading women and getting their experience when it comes to... Uh, being in these leadership positions. Now, Alex Dyson, this isn't the first time that you have spoken to Julia Gillard, so I'll be very uh, excited to hear, you know, whether you'll be uh, bringing up a few of those moments from the past. Um, I'm sure we'll get some time to reminisce, Matt. I'm sure it'll be all good. (laughs) Um, We're also, uh, we also got some great responses from our clip, yeah, for our song yesterday. Uh, Not All Karens Are Karens sounds a bit like this. And I know that it's a name that's now firmly in the zeitgeist. But not all Karens cut their hair with harsh blonde highlights. No, not all Karens are Karens. Yeah, thank you for everyone who got in touch. Lovin'. The, uh, the tune that Alex Dyson wrote there. Feet, a little guest rap by uh, your boy Disco. Uh, at Danny3391 on Instagram said, guys, we need a film clip for Not All Karens Are Karens. My mum is a Karen and she's the nicest person you'll ever meet. I want to send oh, her well, the song. Does she want to star in it? Maybe we should get, like, the faces of the Karens. <laughs> if you know a Karen, can you please get a <laughs> selfie of them and we'll try and stockpile some nice Karen pics to just absolutely, you know bust this stereotype. Yeah, Jake Newham says, uh, thank you for that absolute banger of a track, Karen. We'll be singing in the shower for a while. I was singing it all day after the show yesterday. <laughs> and at Existing Bike said, not all Karens are Karens. It's an absolute podcast. High point. Holy S. Catch me laughing at my desk. Thanks, fellas. Thank you. Thank you to all of the Karens that are not Karens. And uh, thank you to Julia Gillard, who will be joining us very shortly. We absolutely cannot wait. This is Matt and Alex. It's a Friday. This is All Day Breakfast. Everyone ready? Let's get this show on the road. Let's go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Matt and Alex, All Day Breakfast.
Now, Matt O'Kine, what do you get when you uh, get the former Prime Minister of Australia and combine it with the first uh, finance minister from Nigeria and then those two people interview some of the biggest names in leadership, uh, such as Jacinta Ardern, Hillary Clinton, Theresa May, some women who have made it to the higher echelons of leadership. You would get a book called Women and Leadership, Real Lives, Real Lessons. It's by Julia Gillard and Ngozi Okonjo-Awela. And we're very, very lucky to have former Prime Minister Julia Gillard joining us on the podcast today. Hello, Julia. Hello. It's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. First question I want to ask you about, obviously, there is a a very big speech with plenty of views on YouTube that uh, many people have had have talked about over the years. I'm, of course, talking about the famous words you delivered right here. My dear remaining fellow Australians, the end of the world is coming. It wasn't Y2K. It wasn't even the carbon price. It turns out that the Mayan calendar was true. While Australia's best and brightest at the CSIRO have not been able to confirm this, I'm confident in Triple J's prediction that the world is about to end. Whether the final blow comes from flesh-eating zombies, demonic hell beasts, or from the total triumph of K-pop, if you know one thing about me, it is this. I will always fight for you to the very end. And at least this means I won't have to do Q&A again. Good luck to you all. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Julia, delivered in front of two Australian flags. (laughs) That, of course... Uh, was when you were so kind and uh, did, did a little promo for the Tom and Alex uh, Triple J breakfast show as we were, it was the end of the Mayan calendar and the year and uh, you got up and gave a speech. What are your memories of that time? Uh, I do remember giving that speech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, it, it, t- it took a few takes because of uh, basically laughing halfway through it, which is not the image that you want to go for when you're announcing the end of the world. Uh, the <laughs> World end, and I have been back on Q and A. So here we are, uh, facing some challenges, but certainly not global demise with the pandemic. <laughs> Well, I just wanted to personally thank you for doing that for us at the time because I thought it was so wonderful and I, and I still do. And it's something that personality in politics, you know, is almost a scary thing these days, people trying to do something a little bit different from the norm. Can you remember um, any criticism at the time or why you decided to uh, take the plunge and uh, do that for the, the national youth broadcaster? Well, you've got to do some things that are fun along the way. I mean, being Prime Minister is a very big, very serious job, uh, but behind the scenes, we always used to like to have a laugh and, I mean, some of, one of the ways that you actually deal with the pressure of it is there's plenty of humour around with your closest team and your closest colleagues. So I think when your request came in, it caught people's <laughs> eyes and they thought it was, you know, amusing and it would be fun and why not? Um, obviously, some people were concerned that there would be an element that took it too seriously. So we had to make sure the wording was very clear so no one confused it with real life uh, and yeah. flesh-eating zombies and all the rest of it. <laughs> um, well, Julia, of course there is another speech that has been uh, been talked about a lot again recently off the back of uh, the release of your book, Women in Leadership, Real Lives, Real Lessons, and that is uh, your speech regarding sexism and misogyny uh, in Parliament, and it sounds like this. I will not be lectured about sexism and misogyny by this man. I will not. And the government will not be lectured. 
lectured about sexism Order. and misogyny by this man. Not now, not ever. The Leader of the Opposition says that people who hold sexist views and who are misogynists are not appropriate for high office. Well, I hope the Leader of the Opposition has got a piece of paper and he is writing out his resignation. Because if he wants to know what misogyny looks like in modern Australia, he doesn't need a motion in the House of Representatives. He needs a mirror. That's what he needs. Amazing, amazing words, Julia. First thing I got to ask: How annoying is it when people are, are yelling the punchline? To I mean, they're, they're jumping in. I mean, you, you say you're like, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Why are you jumping in here? I'm now wondering what would happen if someone did a creative cut between those two speeches. Uh, that's <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> a he doesn't that need the emotion. We need. <laughs> he needs some flesh-eating zombies. That's what he needs. <laughs> I think that is the mashup we need. I don't have the skill, but uh, a shout out to whoever yeah. does to do their creative best. <laughs> but um, but I mean that 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 speech that we did just hear it, it really um, has has become such a, a huge part of Australian political history and uh, and you know such a powerful moment. Um, in so many people's lives, and and you know, even even it's funny. We saw a um, an article that was published by the Guardian just a, a month or so ago about um, the fact that o- Obama, Barack Obama's team used to watch it whenever they were annoyed with Tony Abbott. How does that feel like <laughs> when you know all the way across the world that uh, you know this superpower team is there watching you kind of drill someone? Yeah, I knew from the time that President Obama had watched it because uh, he talked to me about that. So it got a lot of publicity in the United States and came to his attention that way. But it's only recently from Ben Rhodes' book that I uh, found out that they used to watch it and re-watch it in the context of dealing with Tony Abbott as Prime Minister. So I think there's something kind of heartwarming about that. And I am pleased that the speeches kind of got a continuing life and I think it has come to mean something for women and particularly young women who still know that they're going out to face a world in which they will be treated differently just because they're women and it's part of what gets them, you know, sort of up and motivated for that and particularly for driving change home and hopefully creating a gender equal world. Indeed. And, you know, obviously when you're at the um, the upper echelons of parliament, you're making broad sweeping changes to things and you sort of can look at graphs and hope things are going well. But often it's those personal stories which can really stick with you and show that change is being made. I've had women come up to me and tell me that they've watched it hundreds of times and it's what they do when they've experienced something at work or in, you know, an environment in which they have to go out and and deal with stuff uh, that has been sexist or misogynist and they've watched that speech to kind of give them uh, courage and energy as they go back in to deal with it. So that does make me feel very proud about it. Julia, I mean, I I wanted to ask you, I've just had a a daughter who is one and a half years old now, almost one and a half. And, you know, looking at your career and, and some of the words that, you, uh, that you've that you written in the book and some of the, the guidance and um, wisdom that you have about this topic, about being a woman and, and you know, wanting to be a, a, a leader, it was, it shocked me to see how early some of the 
um, ideas within the book, some of the hypotheses are being pushed on women at such a young age already, you know. Um, for instance, it was, I found it amazing that my daughter is one year old and people will still, you know, they'll, they'll see her and they'll say things like, oh, look at her, gee, she's going to be trouble, isn't she? She's <laughs> going to be... She's going to be a feisty and, you know, all the, all the sort of language that, that revolves around strong women and, and the sort of negative connotations that are sort of used to try and put them down. And, and it happens so early on. How, how do you feel about, about that sort of language and how it's used against women, even from such a young age all the way up to, you know, when they're in positions of power? It happens ridiculously early on and it happens even when, as a parent, you're trying to create an environment in which it doesn't happen. And I do, um, in the book, uh, mention an incident in my own family. So uh, my great-niece, Isla, had been with her slightly older brother, Ethan, to his birthday party and they'd gone to one of those, you know, kids' places where uh, the activities are kind of laid on. And I said to her, you know, what was it like? And she said, oh, those games, they were just for the boys. And I thought, no one would have said that to her. So, you know, I kind of worked it through with You family. got out YouTube and you showed her a video where... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got her popped in front of the computer and started reading the manuscript of the book. No, not quite. Uh, but I, I did work it through with the family and it turned out, you know, you had to uh, be a certain height uh, kid to go on these uh, games and she was, you know, she's shorter, was too small. But you just think, wow, you know, it gets in there really easily. We saw just in the last week or so uh, a congressman from America say to a young congresswoman, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, uh, call her a few choice words, including, um, well, uh, let's let Alexandra um, have a have her say here. This is what she said in the, the halls of Congress in America after uh, being confronted by a Republican congressman. About two days ago, I was walking up the steps of the Capitol when Representative Yoho accosted me on the steps right here in front of our nation's capital. Representative Yoho put his finger in my face. He called me disgusting. He called me crazy. He called me out of my mind. And in front of reporters, Representative Yoho called me, and I quote, a bitch. These are the words that Representative Yoho levied against a congresswoman. The congresswoman that not only represents New York's 14th congressional district, but every congresswoman and every woman in this country. Because all of us have had to deal with this in some form, some way, some shape, at some point in our lives. When I was reflecting on this, I honestly thought that I was just gonna pack it up and go home. It's just another day, right? But then yesterday, Representative Yoho decided to come to the floor of the House of Representatives and make excuses for his behavior. And that I could not let go. I could not allow my nieces, I could not allow the little girls that I go home to, I could not allow victims of verbal abuse and worse to see that and to see our Congress accept it as legitimate. 
because I have to show my parents that I am their daughter and that they did not raise me to accept abuse from men. It was an incredibly powerful speech. I was really moved by it. I was wondering, Julie, if you'd heard it and watched the whole thing and what your thoughts were. I, I did watch the whole thing and I thought it was a remarkable speech. And amongst the many things she did so well, she debunked uh, that congressman using as a defence you know, what me, I can't be a sexist man because I've got a wife, I've got daughters. And she really powerfully makes the point that, you know, that's not a get out of, you know, jail card. And that if um, every man on the planet who had a wife or had daughters was a man who never did anything sexist, then I wouldn't be writing books like Women in Leadership with my colleague, uh, Dr. Ngozi Okonjari Wheeler, and we wouldn't be having this conversation now because, you know, job done, the whole thing would be fixed. Mm. Uh, and she does that in the context of, you know, very strongly saying, and I'm someone's daughter too. And of course, you know, that's absolutely right. And hopefully not only makes that congressman think, but makes men and women think generally about how hurtful and excluding that sort of abuse is. Yeah, amazing stuff. Um, we've spoken a lot about uh, women and leadership and, and and you know, your time as uh, Prime Minister and, and one of the uh, great figures of Australian political history, but I want to know about the, the, the who is Julia Gillard, okay? Who is... <laughs> Julia Gillard. So forget any of the other personality tests you've ever done, yeah. Julia. Matt O'Kine <laughs> is going to get to the core of your being. These right now. are the okay. Questions. I had to wait till this stage of my life to get to the absolute essence. Here we go. Okay, yeah, this is it. So I've got a, I've got a couple of tough, tough, you know, few curveballs to throw at you. Let's just, I just want to okay, know I'm who, right. who we're really talking to here. Okay, <clears throat> Julia Gillard. Favourite chip flavour? Favourite chip flavour? Uh, I've been currently doing a big line uh, in honey soy chicken, it's called. <laughs> yes, that's, okay. That's probably going to no, give away no. the brand because there's probably only no, one brand. No. That has uh, yes, it's a large flavor. stone, I imagine. But, anyways, <laughs> um, uh, favourite band? Oh look, I'm an I'm an old person, so I am by definition. <laughs> oh, Julia, no. <laughs> I am by definition. Back then, Julia, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I am by definition a dag, a sort of you know 1970s, 1980s dag. So you know I'm kind of back in the cold chisel Bruce ring. Oh. Yeah, kind of Springsteen, love Bruce. It. Love a bit of Bruce Springsteen myself. Born to Run, absolutely uh, to run. <laughs> amazing. Thunder Road, oh, brilliant. Um, <laughs> all right, what's on the uh, what's on the cocktail menu? Favorite cocktail? I'm more of a wine drinker than oh, a cocktail drinker, but I have learned in my later years to appreciate a martini. And when I'm in London for the Global Institute for Women's Leadership, where we work incredibly hard, incredibly hard, <laughs> uh, uh, we uh, do from time to time escape for the occasional cocktail. And there's all sorts of um, little twists and, you know, extra flavours that you can try. Amazing. And, and uh, what about who, who is your secret uh, Liberal Party bestie? 
Because I know it's like sports teams, you know, you're all at war with each other on the field. And I know when you get off the field in the locker rooms, you're all chats and have drinks and stuff. Who's your, who's your, little, who's your bestie? Oh, look, uh, I don't know if you're going to say this is good enough because he's no longer in politics, but I'd say Malcolm Turnbull. Oh, so I walked past him at the in the park the other day. Didn't well, there you go. You next, next time you pass him, you can say, have you rung Julia lately? <laughs> Goodness me. Well, Julie God, thank you so much for talking to us on All Day Breakfast. We could talk to you forever. You're always a delight and really impressed with the book as well, Women and Leadership, Real Lives, Real Lessons, written in conjunction with Ngozi Okonjo-Awela. Thank you very much for joining us here on the show today. My pleasure. Thank you. Thanks very much. Thanks, Julia. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Coffee? Yeah, go ahead. A seventh coffee never hurt anyone. No, I feel a buzz. All day breakfast. Alex Dyson, I need to apologise. What, again? Well, last <laughs> no, well, week. That is, that's very big of you, Matt. A lot of people don't apologise sometimes mm-hmm. and all it takes is an apology, so thank you. You don't even know what I'm apologising for. Last week... I ambushed the show, I hijacked it, I brought producer Bron in, I said, we got to have a talk about Bachelor, okay, because I've been watching it in the periphery, mm. and I know you don't like it, I know you're not into it at all, I dare say you are anti-Bachelor, You, I dare say you Look, hate Bachelor. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> hate The Bachelor, okay, I don't hate anything, hate is a wasted emotion, <laughs> Matt, but I do find, I mean, I've found myself watching... Married at first sight. It would be hypocritical of me to say that reality TV is bad, but I just find, I don't know, there's just the seasons piling upon seasons, you know, mm. it is skewing towards a um, the trash. I read an article about one of the old bachelors saying all the dudes on my season just wanted to get on Bachelor in Paradise, all right? They're not in it to find love because I'm a hopeless romantic. <laughs> I'll, I'll watch love, you know, <laughs> but what, what that right. is is not love. All right, well, look. Alex Dyson, I ju- like I said, I just wanted to apologise. And the reason why I'm apologising is because it's about to happen again. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> this is a hijack. Get the hell off the mic. Producer oh. Bron, step on. Hello. We're doing this again. Two days ago, oh, I saw it and I saw it. I've been clicking. I can't help myself. The new Bachelorette. If a bank gets robbed, they usually hire new security guards. I just haven't learnt from prior <laughs> hijacks. You're either with us or you're against us. Now, uh, what's going on? Bachelorette, Producer Bron, they're, si- they're sisters? Yeah, there's going to be two this year. So Ali was on Matt Agnew's season of The Bachelor last year. Mm-hmm. She became fifth which was so shocking for everyone because she was, like, picked to be the favourite. So, yeah, she's coming back on with her sister, who is apparently a defence contracting specialist. We don't really know much about her yet. Ding, yeah, well, I mean, are they going to be dating the same dudes? So Channel 10 hasn't confirmed whether or not they'll be dating the same dudes, but I'm assuming, I hope they will be, because there's only usually a handful of normal people and the rest are a bit more eccentric, let's say. Mm. So, um, yeah, if they like the same <laughs> normal <very> people. <laughs> well, it reminds me of a story that um, we got told by a friend, a mutual friend, Matt O'Kind, one time, in which uh, someone had auditioned for The Bachelor, right, um, got on, was telling her mum, like, I got on the show. Like, I'm going to be one of these, I'm going to be getting roses. She goes, oh, the mum's like, oh, fantastic. Who's the guy? And she goes, oh, it's this dude. And the, the mum's like, oh, 
That's interesting. I wonder if he knows this person. Turns out they were related. Oh. The contestant <laughs> and the one. So calls up the producers as like, so, look, guys, I'm so sorry. I, I was so excited to get on. But turns out second, second cousin or whatever, I'm not going to be able to go on. And they came back with, nah, come on. We'll guarantee you top three. <gasps> wow. That Alex. is an absolute Bombshell! You shocked yeah. me with this. Oh yeah. my lord! Dice the initials. With the bachelor T. <laughs> Drop the mic. There you go. You know, I don't know whether we're going to get sued by the bachelor right now or anything. <laughs> Look, I'm very, very excited. I'm, I'm very thankful that you're finally on board with the bachelor chat. Um, I'm also very grateful to our next guest who has experience with the sibling dating situation. Um, that will be encompassing The Bachelorette season this time round. They're the producer of the Podcast One podcast, The Briefing, uh, which you can hear every single weekday morning as well. And it is a lovely welcome to Matt and Alex to Sally Spicer. Hey, guys. How are you going? Oh, we're very good, Sally. And we're so glad that you could join us, especially with the news coming out that two sisters will be on The Bachelor. You have your own story of uh, sibling courtship. I do. I'm glad that um, I didn't do it on a TV show. I, I don't think any of us would come on too well. Um, you reckon you get a hard edit there, Sally? Oh, I think, uh, yeah, I think we would. I think they'd come off really well. I'd come off badly. So okay, tell, us, sure. tell us about how you met your current husband. So I met my husband because I was in the same year in high school as his brother, and his brother was my first serious boyfriend. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. that's so a doozy, I dated Sally. his brother um, when I was uh, a teenager. And, yeah, it was our first serious relationship. He told me he loved me. Um, yeah, pretty good, pretty serious. <laughs> Uh, Hang on. But then he actually. What did you, what did you say to his him telling, oh, I, telling I you? Think, he loved I you. think I said it back. Um, I remember my you dad did. saying to me, "Treat him mean, keep him keen," and I was like, "That that's just not me. I can't do it." <laughs> okay. And you know what? I should have because not a long time after that, I get a message on MSN for the millennials who might remember MSN. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the night before my birthday. He messages me and says that he doesn't think we should date anymore. And he dumps me on MSN. Oh, my Lord. Sally, was he just trying to not have to get you a present? You know what? That's that's exactly the reason he did it. Oh, my God. (laughs) Right, really? Was it actually? No, it was actually the reason. He didn't want to get me a present. (laughs) (laughs) And we've been dating for months. Like before oh, two weeks, come so on. months and Did, months. And I would he didn't love want to get if he started present. officially going out the day after your birthday oh, and he'd like 364 God. days. He messages you, you know what, I made a mistake. <laughs> this can work. And uh, to add insult to injury, he got a maid of his to write the breakup message and he copied and pasted it and left the timestamp on so I could oh, tell that he pasted yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and so oh, to get back what. at him, you decided to marry his brother. Bravo, <laughs> yeah, Sally. Well, I mean, don't get mad, get even, guys. Don't get mad, get married. Um, Goodness <laughs> me. Yeah, well, that's interesting. So the, that relationship's another statistic in the MSN relationship graveyard. Uh, how long yeah. until you started chatting to his original boyfriend's brother? 
Uh, a couple of years later, I uh, actually ran into his brother. He was a checkout chick at Woolworths and he messaged me online and we had a bit of bands and it was really good. Um, and then I went over to the house and um, I remember the first thing that I heard at this point, we were just friends, but I remember the first thing we heard when I was in his house was my now husband's dad yelling at the brother who dumped me about what a screw up he was. And I was like, this is meant to be. This is where I'm meant to be in the universe right now. Oh, that's great. Wow. And s- it was fantastic. And we fell in love and... Uh, yeah, the brother wasn't too happy about it. He pulled my now husband aside and was like, of all the people to date, do you think you could not date Sally? (laughs) And you know what? I didn't have a problem with it. Perhaps it was uh, a little bit uh, inconvenient for him, but we've been together for eight years now and I still love uh, bringing it up at the occasional family event. uh, Oh, so good. I think the reason it was, it wasn't like a, uh, a brother, you know, dog act or anything. I think it was, if she's my sister-in-law, I have to get her a birthday present. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, actually, he didn't get us a wedding present. He put some money in a newsagent's oh! paper bag. Oh, <laughs> I, some things never change. Sally Swicer, thank you so much for uh, sharing that story of uh, sibling dating with us. We really appreciate it. And are you, are you excited about watching The Bachelorette when it finally uh, comes to television or are you a bit like Alex? I think, been there, I done think that. it's going to hit a bit too close to home, guys. I just <laughs> Who wants to watch it when you've lived it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All, right. All right, Sally, thank you so much. Uh, Khan, and thank you for putting out some really good briefing episodes that I could listen to. So cheers for You're that. You're very welcome. Bye, guys. Bye. Cheers. Order up. Just how you like it. Perfect. Well, Matt, it is a Friday, and if you take a peek down into that talkback vegetable drawer here at All Day Breakfast, you've still got a couple of tasty morsels. I mean, that broccoli hasn't wilted too much that we can't uh, chop it up and stick it in a tasty meal. That's right, it is our leftovers for the week. We're cleaning out the office fridge. Thank you to everyone who gets in touch with us all the time at at matt.and.alex on Instagram. Or jumps through onto our Discord because on the left we've got all our current talkback, we've got our past talkback. You can browse some of the ludicrous answers to some of the topics we've covered in the past and add your own or even jump on board the current stuff. So it's uh, very good. We've got a few that you want to read out today. Yeah, that's right. In response to our song, Little Karens are Karens from yesterday, uh, at Brendoon11 said, uh, oh, and actually that was Brendan the Garbo who inspired the bin song. Hey. Who wrote the bin song? <laughs> All day breakfast royalty. He sent a picture of him listening to the podcast. He said, as I was listening to Not All Karens, a Karens this morning, I spotted a Karen with a bob tearing shreds into a postie for cutting across her lawn. <laughs> Priceless. <laughs> Very That's timely. That's pretty good. We've also got Kristen who said, hey, guys, I usually listen to your podcast while walking my dog. I've often found myself laughing out loud like a crazy person as I'm walking down the street listening. Thank God masks are mandatory now in Melbourne. I can laugh to my heart's content and I don't get strange looks from people driving past. Thanks for the lols amongst all the COVID shit. Kristen, thank you very much for listening and I might bump out on the, my essential travel on the, to the shops in my own mask. Yeah, and uh, a and big thank you as well to at fhomes11 for uh, their support for the emoji game, which we played Australia's second favorite Ugh. podcast game show. Who knows? Is it going to come back on Monday? 
Well, I don't know. That would require a large petition, I would think, but um, we won't get into no, it. No, message in your support. <laughs> F Holmes oh. 11 said, full support for the Moji game. I got too fast, too furious, and it made me feel clever. I did it for you. And do you know what? Actually, Alex Dyson, some people have messaged in huge, I mean genuinely huge lists of ones that I can use next time. So Ooh, okay. I might so use the questions some, uh, are sorted. Yeah, listener, listener um, input next time, hey? We'll see how that goes. But before we do go, let's get to Amy as well, who is joining us on the phone right now. Hello, Amy. Hey, guys. How are you going? Really good, thank you. Right. Yeah. And a little, Great. a little while back, Amy, we, uh, we asked you the question, what lie have your parents told you that you only just figured out was not a lie? And uh, you messaged in with a... Uh, <laughs> Quite a bizarre one. Go for it. <laughs> yep. So um, my mum used to tell us that mushrooms, or if you touched a mushroom that was growing or some fungi, something, you know, really bright and pretty, your fingers would fall off. So don't touch <laughs> mushrooms. Don't touch any wild fungi. And I I just lived by that. I thought, why would she lie to me about something like that? Mushrooms are so poisonous. I live my life by that. Um, up until recently when my brother um, saw something pretty cool and he touched it. And I said, oh why would you do that? And he looked at me and I said, do you, do you want to lose a finger? And, and he just gave me the biggest smirk, looked at me like I was the big, biggest idiot. And that's when the penny dropped. That's when I realised it was all just a lie. Wait, so how old were you? Were you jumping in front of people's hands about to touch fungi? Well, look, the, you know, the situation hasn't really arisen all that much. It's just that, you know, this is the first time in my adulthood that I'd actually to saw it, Stop pulled someone to up on it. Think about so what she said. So, what do you yes. do when you when you walk past the supermarket vegetable aisle and there's Look, just trays of fine. mushrooms there? That's fine. That's fine. I actually worked. Um, I actually was a mar- I worked in a mushroom farm for a bit. There, they're fine. It's just the wild Wait, ones. What are that you are really talking cool. about? <laughs> that is the stupidest thing I've ever heard, Amy. <laughs> you used to think that touching mushrooms would make your no, fingers fall off. Just the pretty ones. Just the, <laughs> the pretty wild ones. ones. The wild yeah, exactly. ones. The wild, colourful ones. Well, yeah, obviously. I mean, you definitely shouldn't be eating random mushrooms, but touching them and making your fingers fall off. I love that. Uh, that you've That's carried this with you till you're 24. I thought, why would I question it? Why would I question that? It just because parents so are legit. big liars. That's why. Hey, Amy, thank you so much for uh, for texting in. We uh, yeah, thanks, we really guys. appreciate it, and thank you for listening. And hey, if you're listening, no matter where you are, when you are, message in if you uh, relate to anything that we've been talking about on our yeah. show today. Thank you again to Julia Gillard. What an absolute legend. Yeah, and be tuned tomorrow. We got the full Julia Gillard chat. Oh man, I could talk to her for ages and uh, have a glass of wine and. Um, yeah, fix all the problems with the world, hopefully. Uh, but it'd be very interesting to get some insights. But if you want to hear, yeah, the full half-hour chat, we'll be putting up that up for a long lunch tomorrow. We'll catch you next week as well. We've got Delta Goodrum on the show on Monday. That is happening, and uh, you'll be the first to hear it. Uh, 6 a.m. Monday morning, we'll meet you there. Have an awesome weekend. It's Matt and Alex, all day breakfast. See you soon. Listener.